What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Well, 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 fuck you mean you don't know DJ Mark B. Oh, welcome to Preach, Kev, Preach with Rashad. We are the Prophets. Here with another episode, another sermon, man. And, uh, hey, Tennessee Titans, boy, uh, a thrashing. Your boys, your boy, uh, Ryan Tannehill, man. Tell me, talk about him, man. Talk about him. Man, I don't care what nobody say. I know it's a season-long award, but it's about time we put some respect on Ryan Tannehill's name and slide him in the MVP conversation. I know he only been starting five games. But in the five games he's been starting, Ryan Tannehill is 4-1, completing 71% of his passes, has 1,276 passing yards, and 13 total touchdowns. I mean, he's been – when you consider the word valuable, he's been valuable. He's done for Tennessee what Mario couldn't do. He's totally unlocked that offense. So that's putting the defense in better positions, and that's putting – you know, the offensive line, they can block for Derrick Henry. So, that's putting Derrick Henry in a better spot because now other defenses can't key in on him and stop in the run. So, Tannehill, when you look at the word valuable, he's been valuable to Tennessee because he's completely turned them around. Like, they were 2-4, and four, headed nowhere with Mariota. Tannehill steps in and gets them to 4-1, and they could have been 5-0. and oh. The Carolina game just kind of got out of hand. After you know some turnovers and uh, you know missed field goals and stuff like that, but nevertheless, still four and one. He's been he's been impeccable. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, the last five games he's only trailing Lamar for his QBs with points scored. So, I mean, what are you looking at? Real football, fantasy football. Ryan Tannehill deserves some. Uh, Deserves a spotlight. He deserves some recognition. Oh man, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, I think it, it is it is a good partnership between Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Um, I think the you know the, the defense is always going to be there. They, you know, if at one point this season they was the only team that not let somebody score over twenty points. Um, but yeah, they was two and four and stuck in the mud, man. And and on their like you said, on their way being being shut out of this division. Now they're six and five, uh, a big win. And, you know, with five, five games left when you have your division to play, the ball's in your court. And Ryan Tannehill's playing, he's playing, especially in fantasy, man, he's playing well as anybody uh, in the last five weeks. So him him and Derrick Henry together, man, that's what that's a strong combination. Uh, Tannehill's more mobile than than Mariota is, is more healthy, and he, he will run. Uh, Derrick Henry would definitely run you over. And it just, it just opened up the offense, the playing style, and – Granted, we don't know what receiver is going to go off, but we've been saying this since day one about how many, how much Tennessee has the weapons, and that's and this is all without Delaney Walker. Like you know, Jonu Smith is a good tight end. 
he, he's pretty fast. But you got Corey Davis, you got Adam Humphrey they brought from Tampa Bay, AJ Brown. Man, this the offense all they needed was a quarterback and Tannehill seemed like the, to be the guy. Now, you know, as a GM, what do you do in this situation? Because like, do you pay Tannehill and then like maybe still draft quarterback, but instead of a first round draft pick, maybe you draft his third, second, third, or fourth round, or do you still try to go find your guy? Because Tannehill is still pretty young, so it's not like he's a aging quarterback, but he's been around the block. He he knows how to win. Uh, Miami. Well, one double digits win one one season because because of Tannehill and he didn't play. Dolphins were sorry, so I it's like I wonder what they're gonna do, man, because it it is a hard situation that that Tannehill done put the GM in. No, it's not hard for me. Um, I think his contract this year is around seven or eight million, but it has incentives in it that could get up to about twelve million. So what I do, Mariota's out. Oh, definitely. He's he has not been. The answer at all, um, he only had one good year. That was his second year. And the fact that you had to bench him to save your season, you have admitted to yourself he's not the answer. Something the Chicago Bears should do, but that's for another day. If I'm the GM of the Tennessee Titans, I I keep the expectations low, and I keep, I keep everything within reason. I'll give Ryan Tannehill a two-year deal. So that kind of keeps you in play for, all right, if this thing goes wrong, we can still get out of it. Um, but I would definitely say for the next two years, because this is the best talent he's played with. In Miami, he was winning seven, eight games, those anywhere from six to eight games with bad defenses or no defenses, head coaching changes, offensive coordinator changes, no real running back. You had Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parks lost banged up. So this is the healthiest and best team he's ever played with. So seeing what he's done this year, you know at the low end you're going to get eight wins. But if everybody's healthy – you can get 10, 11 wins, and because the division is not a murderous row with Andrew Luck out, and you got Deshaun Watson, and the Jacks have Nick Foles Minshew down, you know, in Jacksonville. I'll pay 10 here for at least two years. I'll say for the next two years, let's roll with this and let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can get some more nine or 10 win seasons and, you know, make the playoffs and things like that. But outside of that, I would still just draft somebody down the line, you know, later in the draft just to have something in the wings waiting in case we do have to make a change from Tannehill. But I think at least for the next two years, he, he can be the solution. Yeah. Uh, now, this – I know everybody want to harp on maybe, you know, maybe Nick Foles uh, wasn't, you know, wasn't a guy in Jacksonville. But, you know, when you getting sacked every every play and your defense allowed 400-plus yards to, you know, to Tennessee, I mean, what do you expect? So, uh, you know – I think the Jaguars team really going to regret trailing Jerry Ramsey. I just, I just feel like I would have had to do, do whatever it takes because now they're getting torched. Yeah, the Jags are in a bad spot. Uh, coming into the season, I thought they would be able to regain their form defensively, and Nick Foles would be able to do something for them. But one of my concerns when we did our ALC South podcast was that Foles has never started a full sixteen games, and same thing is true for right now. And you know, Minshew, when he was in, he played good, but not enough to win a starting job. And plus, they gave Foles that contract. So, there's no way Foles is going to be in the QB battle come training camp or something like that. So, the Jags are kind of stuck. Um, you know, they got Dutton wrong. not sure what they do with Doug. But, you know, just as a franchise, they're kind of stuck in the middle. And we'll see. We're going to see what goes on because uh... – 
I don't know, man. It's, it, I feel like it's just the, the Jaguars are in, are in a tough spot, and I don't see I don't see them improving anywhere. I mean, I don't know if they're going to keep Fournette. Probably not. Um, I think his contract was, was voided. All of his, you know, all of his whatever is, is involving that. But Calais Campbell old. You got you paid Miles Jack. You don't really have no corners. AJ Boy is by himself. I don't know. It it. It, it's, it seemed like, man, two, just two years ago, man, we were talking about Jaguars as one of the best teams in the NFL, and now they're back where they belong at the bottom. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking very forward to Tennessee, man. I, I, I you might you might be right. I think Tennessee can take this division because what I saw from the Colts and Texans playing, man, I feel like Jacoby doesn't give them enough enough. You know, it doesn't open up the the game enough, and then Texans Deshaun Watson may or may not make it to Week 17. So I don't know, but he always on on his back. So we'll see. It looks like Tennessee is the front runner, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's the Titans' next game. They're on the road to the Colts. They win that, they'll basically be in second place, or you know, in a in a tie for first with the Texans, depending on how their game goes. And then they'll play the Raiders, and then they do play the Texans. So it's gonna be an interesting season, man. You know, they they have uh three games coming up soon that they I want I, I say they almost have to have the next three. Because you don't want to drop anything. Because even if you let's say you don't win a division, you still want to be in play for the uh, for the wild card as well. So at six and five, I think they kind of have to win their next three to get to nine and five. And on the back end, I think they get the Saints. So that could be a, right, yeah. <laughs> a possible loss right there. So you don't want to go into that, you know, with that kind of game. Like, all right, we need to win this. We got to win the last two. Yeah. So. You know, it's one of those weird scheduling things. But they, they'll play the Texans twice on the back end. Two of their last three against the Texans. So, that's going to decide the division, in my opinion. Uh, to another team that was struggling to, to whether their quarterback was the future or not, and that's from Tennessee going on to Tampa Bay, uh, Jameis Winston. Man, we, talk, we talked about this. And it was like, I've never seen a quarterback who he can, he can lose you the game, win you the game, and then lose it back again all within a 24-hour window. And he can throw 500 yards, five picks, three touchdowns, and you still might win the game. And I think that's just – just for that, like you said, Jameis Winston is a legend just for that uh, fact. But um, coming into this game against Atlanta, we – you know, we, we, we're in the we're in the league together, 14-team uh, league, and we decided, man, should we go Falcons defense? It looked good the last two weeks. And he was like, nah, man, we just can't trust it because we don't know what Atlanta team is going to show up. And after, you know, Winston threw his first two picks, I was like, man, we should have won the Falcons. And then quickly that, that just changed, changed course. And uh, James Winston, it, it just seemed like he's always a different person. He's like his decision-making is never good, but he has everything you you want in a quarterback. And it just it, it just it just mind-blowing. And obviously – he doesn't know how to spread the ball around. It's always a Edwin, uh, Edwin. It's always Evans or Godwin uh, show. And uh, man, I wonder what they're gonna do with him on this end, on this as this GM because I feel like James Winston is gonna be the best backup in the league if he if he becomes a backup. But it's like, do, do Tampa Bay hold their franchise hostage anymore? Because I mean, they're only what four and seven, so it's not like you're winning games with his quarterback. You need popping in a new direction. Obviously, it's not just Winston. It's it's the whole line struggles. The defense is still trying to get his way there. But I don't know. It, it, their GM is in a bad spot too, because he probably he probably on the hot seat anyway. So 
you you really don't get that many chances to draft a franchise quarterback, and you definitely don't have the opportunity to draft two franchise quarterbacks because you're gonna be out by the, by that time. So I wonder if the GM is gonna address that issue, whether he stay with Jameis or not. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if Bruce likes him or not because when he throw picks, he don't take him out. Obviously, is there's nobody to take out for him. But I don't. Uh, what do you think about Jameis Winston? Do you think they look forward to somebody else? Because I, I thought Bruce Arians would be the not quarterback fixer, but at least control the turnovers. No, nah, you can't fix decision making. Whatever he sees, that's what he sees, and he's gonna throw the ball. Whether it's a open window, tight window, you know, you you can game plan and you know dial up all kind of plays. But if a guy doesn't make the the accurate throw, or when he gets out there, his decision making is gonna be erratic. You just can't fix that. So. They're going to go in a different direction. I'm going to still stick to Rivers going there just because he's a veteran presence. And at least, you know, you can kind of get Rivers to, hey, man, you can't make those kind of throws. But Jameis, he's just erratic. So, you know, you got to – I mean, the, the Spider-Man meme sums up Rivers and Jameis <laughs> pointing at each other, throwing throwing picks. So, uh, I think Jameis, he's going to be a backup next year. I'm not sure where he lands, but, you know, he's going to be a backup somewhere. You know, somebody's going to be desperate and – may even give him a starting job for a year. You just never know. You know, with uh seems like the Dolphins, do they do they draft Chase Young or O lineman? Like what do the Dolphins do in a draft? Because if if things hold as as planned, Chase Young and Joe Burrow are gonna be the first two off the board probably and who knows what that leads for the Dolphins at, you know, that top five spot somewhere that they'll fall around there. So do they still go after a tour or do they go get Justin Herbert who hasn't proved he can be a elite quarterback? So, you know, somebody like the Dolphins may have to roll with Fitzpatrick again or roll with Rosen or just give Jameis a one year deal just to to stop gap the uh the, the uh, position. The only team I, I like to see Winston go to, uh it's it's really just two. Uh may, maybe you might not like them, but Denver and Indianapolis are two teams that I can see where – because Jacoby – I like Jacoby. But I feel like he doesn't give you no – he doesn't give you a ceiling. Like, his ceiling is low. And he might be a safe – you know, he's always going to be a safe play. But it's, I feel like I feel like Jameis – he might not take you over no hump, but he definitely can – in a shootout game, he, he can win it. I don't know if Jacoby can ever, you know, can win you a shootout game. Um, and then Denver, they just can never find a quarterback. At least get one who can throw the ball. I mean, because the other ones that they had, they've been, they've been trying to get, is always is always a limitation to their to their skill set. And I feel like, you know, obviously the the decision making is is not is not what you want. But I feel like a a, a defensive minded coach will what will want to run the ball, keep you know, and, and stop him from taking the shots down the field. I feel like that that's maybe a that may be the way to go. And if he throws the picks, you have a good defense to. You know, to kind of, kind of like the Bills and Josh Allen, we were throwing picks. You still got the defense, so you keep you in game. So, and I think with Lindsey and Freeman back there as a running back, and they want to run the ball, I think that 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 might be a good move. Well, being Devil's advocate, I can't see Denver doing it because if they did, John Elway have to fire himself because <laughs> he's missed on too many quarterbacks. There's no way he could justify bringing in Jameis when they drafted Drew Log and they have uh, Allen playing pretty solid now. So 
if he brought in Jameis, he almost have to fire himself because he's been what? whiffing on QB with Osweiler and all these other picks. So he Paxton Lynch, you know, there's no way he could even justify doing that. He would he would lose all goodwill amongst sports media and like NFL personnel if he did that. And the Colts, who knows what they do? Um, maybe they have a bad year and they wind up at the top of the draft going into the. The Trevor Lawrence draft class. Mm, that'd be or, a steal. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, like who, like who knows what they who knows what they do because, I mean, they're in a, they're in a weird spot because they they don't want to stay in the middle because they're gonna probably wind up seven and nine, eight and eight, and if you keep Jacoby as your QB, that's probably gonna be what you are again. You know, this year they had some stuff health wise, and of course, you know, if you had luck, maybe he stays healthy, maybe he doesn't, but he's the kind of guy who would take you over the top even with all the T.Y. being out or stuff like that, Marlon Mack being out. But with Jacoby, he's not that kind of guy. So they could be 79, 8, and 8. And they, they don't want too many years of that. So uh, that could be a landing spot. But at the same time, I think they may try to go draft somebody. Yeah, I mean, I just I just thought about those, those two teams that, you know, would make sense because it's you want Jameis to go to a team where he's not, he's not um, like – we need Jameis. Like, I, I, you know what I'm saying? As far as like, um, because think about the Tampa Bay. They need him to do everything because they the running game is not as strong. The old line is not that good, and the defense always struggle. You play with the Colts. That's a good roster, good organization. The Broncos, good defense. And, you know, I think Fangio. If he's not a really a head coach material, at least the defense is going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that that that'll, that'll be fine. I feel like. Those two spots make a little bit of sense. I don't really know. If there's a team in, in, in the NFC that makes any sense, but uh, probably I'm looking at the teams and outside of Chicago, none of them really make sense. So um, it, it, it's not really. I mean, it pays for him to go, but and, and Chicago can't even risk either because they're on the Trubisky ordeal, so they can't. They can't even risk. They can't justify it either. So they would be in. They they get GM fired. They did a move like well, that. Well, would you rather have a quarterback who can't throw or a quote woman who throw it to the other team? <laughs> I, I mean, I. I Based on what, based on the situation that they're in, I would just stay with Mitch because at least like we drafted this guy. Like if you bring Jameis in, like you just you just can't justify it. Oh man, that's that's funny. But I mean, he he did he did a great job though against the Atlanta Falcons to get that W. So it you know it it just, it just kind of you never know what you're gonna get. And those type of quarterbacks, you try to you you do try to stay away from because like it just it just so up and down. You don't know a roller coaster ride is not something that I want to be on. Uh, another game, man. We got to talk about our surprise teams, uh, Buffalo Bills. I think they, I think they can pretty much almost lock up a playoff spot. I mean, they won, they won the game that they needed to win against Denver. I know that would have been a hard battle, low key a trap game as well. I was predicting, but they they survived that two two games against teams that they can beat, and then they got the four the four games that's going to be hard coming up with Dallas this Thursday on Thanksgiving. Man, uh, it really not too much takeaway from that game. It's just the fact that it was low scoring, two good defenses going at it, both teams want to run the ball, and you know the better team won. I judge Allen better than Brad, um, Bradley Allen, and I would say I would say McDermott as a head coach is better than Fangio, but as far as as a defensive you know coordinator calling plays, they're pretty much even the same boat. So, uh, but not too much take from that from that game. Just the Bills, just just probably the better team. Yeah, the Bills are a better team, and 
they they played hard and got the win. And uh, underrated uh, players, John Brown, man, he's a uh, he's an underrated receiver. I wish Allen had a, another option. I mean, I know Cole Beasley's there, but I wish he had one more more option, man. That'll probably open up that Bills offense a little bit Tony more. Brown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout, hey, shout out Frank Gore for going to third on the rushing list as well. But um, yeah, the Bills, your surprise team, eight and three. They are, I would say, two wins away from securing a wild card berth because they won't get a division with New England there. But two more wins, I think. I think ten and six to lock up a playoff spot. Oh yeah, with, with five games left, and are you are you asking them to go two and three? I mean, that's that should be easy, especially for a team that's eight and three all season. You know, so I feel like that should that definitely should be should be fun. Um, but your team, man, I know you said the Packers will beat them, but the Forty ers man, they came out on Sunday Night Football and. Whew, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't close. You're talking about all phases of the game. They pressure Rodgers. He's on his he's on his butt the whole time. Once Rodgers lost his right tackle, it was it was a it was a wrap. Packers couldn't run the ball. Um and also they didn't want to run the ball. Um another thing I another thing I got from this game, man, I'm still going I'm still gonna knock the hammer in is Cal Shanahan is coach of the year. I just don't see see Anybody voting against that? It's just, it just obviously Bill uh, Bill Belichick can get it every single year just because he's the greatest coach of all time. But you're talking about a team that you know Vegas only predicted them to get eight wins. They already packed, they already succeeded that already. One seed right now. They still got tough games. You know they got Ravens coming up. Still got Rams in Seattle again. But man, Jimmy G is he showed me he showed me so he showed me he can be poised because you know. Packers, they bring up like exotic blitzes and stuff like that. More Mike Pettin, defense coordinator, but he was able to stay into the pocket, not get flustered like Aaron Rodgers was, and that's that's what I took from that. I was sitting there like, like Aaron Rodgers was dancing, like soon as soon as he got the ball in his hands, he was dancing around. While Jimmy G, he got the ball in his hands, he knew the blitz was coming, but he knew where he was going with the ball, and he had he had to make the reads. And um, Kyle Shanahan still draws up amazing plays that play the Kittle. Was excellent. That was like kind of like the the nail in the coffin right there on the on on a first down, throw a bomb to Kittle. That was great. Um, so your four nine man, they I'm telling you, I, I I was very very impressed of them of how they how they handled Green Bay. Man, I should have made a bet somewhere, man. <laughs> Vegas would have made <laughs> would have been always some money. I'd have cashed out. Man, I, I knew the four nineers were going to be a good team this year. I mean, it was just. The writing was on the wall. It was too predictable. Too many good players on defense. Loaded offense. Great offensive mind. Jimmy G, he was winning with lesser talent. So I knew once they put a little bit more talent there, and that trade for Emmanuel Sanders really just put everything over the top and bringing in Tevin Coleman, stuff like that, man. It was just – I think I said on our podcast, man, he was going to put on a coaching clinic. It's just – there's just too much there for him to, to disguise and play with, man. It's just too much. Uh the main takeaway from the Green Bay side, though, is I picked them to win this game because I thought they would have learned from the Chargers game, but they didn't learn anything <laughs> because the Chargers and the 49ers basically play the same defense almost. I mean, it's it's almost the identical thing, and they didn't learn anything from it. The same thing that happened in the Chargers game is the same thing that happened in the 49ers game. So basically we know what the Packers' crypt tonight will be going forward. If these teams were to meet in the playoffs again, the 49ers would more likely win again. So Green Bay would need help from somebody 
to play the 49ers so they, they don't have to play them. Because Green Bay, they have not figured out how to solve, you know, that Ingram Bosa or that D Ford Bosa or Armstead Bosa. Like they, they just haven't figured out how to maneuver a defense like the Chargers of the 49ers. So um it's still early, you know, we still got some more runway left. I'm not gonna bail on my Super Bowl prediction of Packers Patriots, but if it came down to a 49ers Packers matchup again, I know who I'm picking. It won't be Green Bay. Yeah, and honestly, I really don't think it matters where they play. I know 49ers is not a, a cold team, but when you're talking about like defense is going to travel no matter where you at. Now, whether whether Jimmy G can you know put on this you know good another passing performance, that's one thing. But I know I know Super Bowl teams, in my opinion, haven't been able to stop the run and run and run the football. It's only it's only maybe maybe six or seven teams in the NFL who can do that. Uh and you know and still instead of a shot at the winning the Super Bowl. So and, and Fortnite is definitely on that list. And it it's just it just I don't know if you I don't know if you saw Colin Cowher, you know, he talked about how Aaron Rodgers gets a lot of passes for things because, you know all the excuses. Yeah, all the, I mean, but you but you but it's crazy though because every every other quarterback will we'll be talking about about him right now about you know how bad they played, and they they probably get too. They're paid to do this and paid to do that, and I mean, I, it's 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 never fair. But when you when you reach the pedigree of Rodgers, that's that that's just what you know. That's just what it is. It's always gonna be somebody else's fault. Same thing with Phil Rivers, and uh, you know Tom Brady gonna have that excuse until he retires. It, it it's just what it is. But you know, uh, I mean, the offensive line was wasn't good. Uh, his receivers they couldn't get open. <laughs> And uh, they couldn't run the ball. It, it, I mean, it, it is what I mean. Like I said, we we the excuses are excuses for a reason. And you know, watching the game is is like, man, Rodgers had no hope is because he's not he's not Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson who's gonna get the pocket and uh, you know and 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 go for you know thirty yards. So he can't. He, that's that's not him. But it's like, man, if if he had the time, maybe other things would happen. But you know, me the, on the Packers, man, they have always. They've always needed another receiver out, uh, outside of Devontae Adams the past few seasons. I mean, I, I think I probably say it for every team, but Antonio Brown, <laughs> he's he's still in free agency. So, oh, uh, I you know I know we got his problems, but I feel like every team need him. So, uh, is is it was kind of like I said, it was crazy to see. You know, obviously as a Vikings fan, I'm cheering for the I'm cheering for the Packers to lose to lose one, but I definitely didn't expect it to be like that. I thought I thought if it was going to come down to it. It'll have been Rodgers versus the four numbers defense, or can Jimmy G go win a game? And I thought th- that's what I thought it would come down to. Yeah, I thought it would have been a close game, but it was nothing near close. I mean, it was just annihilation from start to finish. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was gonna be a, a great a great slate of you know four o'clock Sunday night Monday night. I thought it was gonna be a, a, a good when you got to see like the Cowboys and Patriots. And really, you know, that was just a defensive battle. And then I thought, okay, well, Titans, Jaguars, oh, that's a blowout. And then, okay, well, okay, well, don't, don't worry about. It. I got four in the package tonight. Get my get get my uh, get my food ready. Sit down, watch some good football. And you know, it was just it was a lacking from the get go. And twenty three zero halftime. You know, it's, it's rare seeing the Patriots uh, not, uh the Packers uh not you no know, not score points or not even get close to scoring points. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. That wasn't his. Uh, wasn't his best day at the office. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely not. 
Um, speaking of the Patriots and the Cowboys, these these tripping calls, man. What what was that about? I mean, I guess that's one of those things where the Patriots are kind of watch some stuff on tape, and before the the game and some pregame meetings or whatever, they kind of gave the referees some intel like, hey, watch out for this, watch out for that. And the tripping calls was something that they had put in their minds. So when they saw something that they could have even thought remotely was tripping, they were throwing flags on them. Uh, I won't say it cost the Cowboys the games because I don't like saying the refs cost people the game because for – the other amount of time in the game, you had time to control your own destiny. So, I mean, people are going to say, though, of course it plays a part, but there's other stuff outside of those two tripping calls that you could have controlled and won that game because New England's offense didn't do anything. No, it, it's like the, the New England offense got bailed out again by, by the defense and the special teams. Um, I'm, say, I'm saying that to say, like, against against the Ravens, you know, they couldn't score no points. And obviously, it's hard to stop Lamar Jackson right now. And the offense is just on the tear. Um, but versus the Bills, I mean, they their touchdown that came against you know a block punt, and and, and they scored off that. And here we go again, a block punt that set up a touchdown by Harry. What a great catch! Great catch that was, and throw by Tom Brady, um, and also the Dak interception. Um, you know, it was kind of, I don't know, it was like a a, um, a lazy throw by by Dak. Or whatever it was, but either either way, Gilmore Gilmore made a hell of a play to 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 pick it off, and and that was and that was ten that was ten points for for Patriots, and they only scored what thirteen the whole game. So it's like, ooh, it's like you know, is that a uh, can can the Patriots offense ever ever get it you know ever get it going? Because I don't know the the, the defense is going to be the defense, but are you gonna? Can you bake on the defense every single game? I think you can, because defense is one of those things that always travels. And as long as the defense is just steady, like all right, right now they're playing like an all-time defense. Even if they regress, to, let's say it's a game where they regress to just a average middle of the pack defense. Long as the offense can be a above average offense on that day, they'll still win those games. And right now the Patriots just they don't. They don't have any uh any chemistry amongst the receiving core because for the last few years they've always had a down the field threat. They had Gronk, you had the two tight end era of Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, and before that you had the Randy Moss, Wes Welker thing. So you've always had somebody who can stretch the field and you had the underneath stuff. So when you kind of go through this transition now of not having a guy who can stretch the field which is what A.B. was brought in for, of course, on the last one game against the Dolphins, and he was out. Now you don't have a guy who can stretch the field. You just have everything that's underneath. Now, Dorsett has speed, but Dorsett is not Antonio Brown. Dorsett is not Randy Moss. Dorsett is not Gronk. He's not a guy that you have to fear, all right, he can kill us at any play. Like, we got to double him or something. Dorsett is just a nice speech third that can – make some good catches. But that's what they're missing. They're missing that legit wide receiver one. Edelman's your underneath guy. Dorsett's somebody who can make big plays from time to time. Sanu's consistent, but he's not that guy either. 
So they're missing that guy. That's all they're really missing on offense. They had a running backs. They have everything else. The old line is going to get back healthier with Wynn coming back. They just need a, a downfield deep threat. Yeah, and like I said, they, they, they had it, you know, but other, like I said, there's always reasons why Tony Brown's out on the team. But, um, yes, and, and that's what the thing is, like, the defense is going to travel, but, like, is, is it, like, is, I'm just saying, like, you can't always expect them to create a turnover or block a punt. And, you know, on the teams that they're, on the teams that's going to the playoffs, and we, t- we talked about the Ravens probably already in Buffalo, two wins away, and the Cowboys winning the division right now. The three teams that's in the playoffs, they, you know, it, it relied on defense, and and the, and the uh, defense versus the Ravens wasn't good enough. But then the other two, they had to, you know, had to make a big play. So th- that's, you know, that's kind, that's that's kind of, you know, you can well, you can look at it half full or half empty. I guess uh, is, is is what you're saying. But it's like, man, it's like, uh, I just, I, I just, I just want to know, can this, can this Patriots team go win it if they have to? Now, they made, they made some good plays. You know, Jonathan Daniels is going to drop some good plays when they have to go get a touchdown. But I don't know if they, I don't know if they can spark a touchdown on demand. Maybe a field goal. But then again, it's not Galskowski. It's, is is what Mike Nugent. Like, do, you, like, can we trust? You know, can we trust that kind of kicker? Well, we, we don't, we don't know. Um, on the Cowboys side, man. I seen I seen some some iffy things, and and I, I think I figure out the Jason Garrett problem, as far as like why you know why everybody want to fire him. So te- teams like all right, so I'm, I'm just gonna name, name a few. So Steelers with Mike Tomlin and Harbaugh in Baltimore. You got Zimmer in Minnesota. You have Pete Carroll in Seattle. Now they want their teams to run a certain way. Like they, like you know, they're 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 they are run first teams, right? They they want to run the ball, but basically because they're defensive minded or want to control the clock, that's just how that's how they think. And they 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 can stand in the, they can stand in the offense way sometimes, but it's not it's not a it's not all it's not they can't be all the way in because that's not their forte, right? And I think that Cowboys' problem is you got Kellen Moore calling the plays. You have you have like John Kidna as a quarterback coach, but Garrett is supposed to be like 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 he kind of it's kind of like Harbaugh. Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator, so he's a he just he just a leader of men. You know what I mean? Like he got somebody running defense, somebody running offense, and he's doing everything else. I and Garrett is I think he got his hands too much in the offensive pot, and his decision making is, is is so cloudy and so it's so it's it's not good because why would you? All right, I, I don't know if you I don't know if you remember in in the game it was a third it was a play that they ran the Tony Pollard for like a fake fake reverse in in the game uh, they got no yards but the next play they ran the Zeke got a first down and then on third and seven Dak's running scrolling and he made a bad decision by trying to throw the ball to Blake Jarwin in the back of the end zone but why not why not try to scramble for that get three or four yards now it's fourth and three. Let's go for it because kicking the field goal in a situation, it did nothing for you. It didn't change nothing, nothing in the game because you're down 13-6 at the time. You need a touchdown. Kicking the field goal does nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't. You still need a touchdown to win the game. So why not? Why not just go for it? Why not? Why not call plays that'll get you a couple yards or run the ball with Zeke, control the clock, keep keep the ball from Tom Brady, and do and do the same thing they're they doing to y'all, but. They they kick the field goal, don't get a, a real chance at it again because this Patriots defense is too hard to think you're gonna 
get the offense going all of a sudden. It, that just that's just not what it is. And I don't know if Cowboys need to move on with Jason Garrett, but I'm starting to lean that way. And I think I think they need more. They need more of a they need more of a John Harbaugh more than a Jason Garrett, who's he's he's offensive minded, but he doesn't call the plays and he got his hand on the offense. I just don't I don't I don't think that that's a right a right setup for the Cowboys going forward. What well, you have to talk around the the league is Jason Garrett deserves to be fired. Should have already been fired. He's going to get fired. Wherever you look right now, the the words Jason Garrett fired <laughs> are in the same sentence. Yeah. And my thing is, granted, he started off with his Cowboys tenure very mediocre, eight and eight for about three seasons. They lost the division on like the last week or two of the season on all those years. Then they kind of got back into the double digit win column, you know, just because they they stayed steady and kept him. But my thing is, as it is with always any coach, if you are going to move on from him, where are you going to upgrade the position? If you're not going to upgrade the position, stay the same. So there's talk about the whole let's go get Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma stuff, but Lincoln Riley is making a lot of money at Oklahoma. He's his own boss, pretty much. You only have to answer to the athletic director, but as far as like recruiting, getting your players in, running your system, and, oh, you, you no, know, just every, it's, it's everything that you do, it all revolves around you. And I can't see him getting tired of doing that. College is one of those. I know the re- recruiting, you know, stuff has changed. The transfer portal exists, things like that. But I just can't see Lincoln Riley wanting to give up. What is in college when you get a job, especially one like Oklahoma, a blue blood program and you're winning, like you have guys in the Heisman pretty much every year, that's like a 15-year job where you can retire from that. You come to the NFL, you have to rely on a GM to get you the players to fit your system. By that point, you could be in year three, court, you know, you got to have coordinators, you got to have contracts in line to fit what you're doing, you got to pay certain guys, you're going to lose certain guys. At least with the college system, he can control, we need this guy, we're going to get this guy. Let, let's get this guy. Like you can, you can control all of that. But when you're in the NFL, you got to rely on Jerry Jones, and Stephen Jones, to give that to you, and they're gonna be over your over your back watching your every move. I don't think that's something Lincoln Riley wants. I don't think he'll want to move his family to Dallas to deal with that kind of stuff. So if you're not gonna get a guy like that, who I don't think should take the job anyway, where do you go to upgrade the position? Where I would go? only go two routes. And I, I would stay in house with Chris Richards. I think he he he's one of the next guys to get the head coaching job. I think you know going a going a young defensive mind versus the going the off you know the the uh, the young offensive ways that we've seen now with the Cleve Kingsbury, McVeigh, Shanahan going going the Richard way may you know may can make sense. Um, He's a Seattle guy, so you think think of the Legion, Legion of Boom, but obviously they don't they don't have a Sherman or Earl Thomas, but you know having a good ready for a defensive coach that's what you want. Um, that's that's one option, and the only other option I see is getting uh, Eric Benemy from the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. When you know, obviously Dak is not Mahomes, but we've seen Dak this year uh, as far as far as quarterback like for this season. I mean. Saying saying he's a top ten quarterback is not a far fetch. Saying he's top five, that's almost debatable as far as no, just just for this season alone. Um, and you got Zeke, something the Chiefs don't the Chiefs doesn't have right now. I mean, Cream Hunt was in that system, 
you got Tyreek Hill slash you know, Cooper, and you got Watkins, you got Gallup. So I mean, the the offense, I don't think the offense will be hard to to to, to mimic. And all you all you gotta do is make sure you have a good, a solid defense, and and hope the offense can outscore everybody. Um, and so that's the only two options that I would do. That's the only two options I think are better than the current situation. Um, but you know anybody else? I mean, I, I mean, I really don't know. You can't. You, you really can't go an old mind and get stuck in their ways. Uh, getting somebody like McCarthy, eh? Possibly. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're stuck, and then they still have to figure out the entire offseason as far as the contracts. You got to still decide on whether you're going to pay Dak. You're, you're definitely going to pay him, but now you have to figure out what are we going to pay him. You got Amari Cooper. We need we need to pay him because him and Dak together has been. You know, that, that's been lights out, but how much do you pay him? You've already paid Zeke. You still got to take care of some guys on defense. You got to start trying to, you know, remake your offensive line. Like, they are just – it's a very, very good team. It's in – they're considered America's team, but they are in a tough, tough spot right now. Yeah, I, it's it's a, it's a crazy decision to make. I, I, I don't know what, what, what the decision is that they kind of overplayed their hands, overcooked their grips a little bit on, uh, on Dak Prescott. It's, they he, he's gonna cost a lot now, like because uh, we can talk about Dak now is is like for his for his counterparts, well that's you know that's that's Wentz and, and golf, both of them already got paid and based off this season, isn't to me it's not even close. Like if you talk about just this season alone, it's not it's not close. Golf regressed, uh, Wentz is a shell of himself. Um, now Dak. I guess the only thing you can say about Dak is they're not winning the game. They're not. They're not winning. They're not. I guess uh, playoff teams right now. They're zero four. Lost. Lost to the Patriots. Uh, lost to the Vikings. Um, who was lost to? Lost to the Saints. And and lost to the basically anybody who can make the playoffs. Yeah, they yeah. lost to, but, but, they, but they, they can they can beat the bottom. Field. Right. So it's kind of like I guess that's that's your lock, your knock against Dak. But um, honestly, the Vikings game was. The Vikings game was more defense wise because they put up enough points. They just, you know, defense couldn't stop them. Um, they, they had chances to win that game. You let down against the Jets. Uh, I think, I think they, I think they was real. Uh, I think, I think the rest blew that call about the fumble with Zeke. But like you said, you had other opportunities to win the game. You took the lead and you still let them come down and kick field goals. They kicked four field goals to beat you. Like that's, that's all they did. And uh, so it's, you, you can go different ways, but. As far as far as like your counterparts is like, if you compare those those two other guys with him, you, you, he got to make at least what they make. So I know Jared Goff and Wentz, they both broke records as far as payment. And how are you going to do that with with you done paid Zeke and you done paid Demarcus Lawrence? Demarcus Lawrence, bro, he got paid one of the highest contracts as a defensive end, right? He only played sixty two percent of the snaps, sixty two percent. That's it. For a guy who's making that much money, he got to be on my field eighty five plus. Like I just, I, I just don't see. I know he's coming off a, a a shoulder injury, but that's shoulder, man. At some point, you know, you gotta, you gotta come on because we need you on the field. You got Zeke getting paid this, this all this money. You still got, like you said, got gotta pay Cooper to, to keep to keep the weapons together. But Dak better get all of it, and I don't, I don't see, I don't see why Dak should take a, a pay cut for any means. Um, he was a fourth round draft pick, and he o- way overperformed his his uh his what he done so far. So I think I think we talk about golf and wits. He he's a better you know better. He's a- more accurate for a completion percent standpoint. 
Uh, he throws less picks. He he wins more than the other guys. So, you know, that's going to be the problem is if, if you do if you do go a different coach direction, tie him with Dak to the hip and, and just ride it home to you can't no more. Yeah, they they have to pay him, and it's going to be a pretty expensive, uh, pretty expensive contract too. He's going to definitely break numbers. You know, that's just how the the QB market goes. The next guy up is always going to be the one that breaks the record. So, Dak will set a new number. Mahomes will set a new number. It'll come up for Lamar Jackson. He'll set up a new number. So it's going to just keep on going. To at some point, I think somebody's going to realize, all right, we're overvaluing this too much. We can't keep paying guys this because now we we're limiting what our team can do. I think at some point down the line, it'll start to regress back to the mean. Like, all right, if you're not just the next, the next greatest of all time, you're not gonna get this money. That, that's a, that's how it should be. But now it's it just like you know how it go. When it's your turn, it's your turn <laughs> to get paid. And, and, and that's fair. That's every yeah. position. Like Julio Jones when he got paid, and Aaron Donald. Like all these guys, whenever it's your turn, it's your turn to get paid. So the market is going to keep getting reset, but I think it's going to start to change for all positions. I think the Todd Gurley, stuff like that, and the David Johnson, I think that's going to have teams start second-guessing. All right, if we pay a running back, it has to be one of a kind, and he won't get a lot of money. So I think Zeke may be the last one because I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to get that deal that he was looking for. We, he didn't get it already, so – I'm not sure who in the offseason would even consider giving it to him, but I don't think he gets the kind of deal he's looking for. And then you have uh, the Cardinals. With them trading for King Drake, and we saw what Chase Evans can do. DJ, he he may be the odd yep, man out. He, got, he out of there. <laughs> yeah, he, may be the, he may be the odd man out over there. So I don't think he gets another big deal. Bill had to sit out to get his deal. I mean, the Steelers want to give him money, but for whatever reason, he didn't feel compelled to take it. So I think – after this wave right here of what the, the best RBs we've seen the last few years, the market is about to change for RBs. And I think once we get through like the next two or three QBs, Dak, Mahomes, Lamar, the QB market will start to, to change again too. Man, that's – first of all, I, I'm trying to see because you know like Dak going to get paid first. Mahomes and Lamar are going to match that. Like, they're going to pay Lamar and Mahomes so much money. It's not even going to be funny. So it, it's like it's like you, 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 you invested – and try to play and you play yourself by not paying Dak early. You know, pay you know pay Zeke and you know outside of Mc, the Panthers paying McCaffrey, every every other team has a reason not to pay their running backs. Even 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 how great David Cook has been for the Vikings this season, he's been hurt the first two seasons. So you gotta think, okay, well he's injury prone. We can't pay him all this money. Uh, Saquon Barkley, same reasons. He kind of getting run into the ground a little bit too. So what are you gonna do? You know, so um, so. It's 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 kind of crazy what Cowboys got got going on. Um, now, question is now who who would you rather have and why between Dak, Jared Goff, and Carson Wentz? I'll, I'll still take Goff. He just has the skill set, and compared to Wentz, Goff hasn't been hurt, and compared to Dak, I just like his skills a little bit more. Like on the intangible side. Dak can probably be – he's probably a, a better leader from, you know, whatever that means as far as what we can – from what we can tell, you know, Dak is more of that leadership type of guy. He can get guys to to follow him or to play harder for him. But 
I think you can kind of get other guys on the team to fill that kind of role with a Jared Goff. I, I would take Goff over over both guys. See, that's what, that, and that's where we differ right there. I'll take Dak over both of them. Um, and honestly, I don't. I think I think it's a gap between him and those other two. I just think I just think as far as like the advantages and disadvantages, I feel like I feel like Goff and Wentz has more advantages when you had we talk about coaching. Um, you know, the quote unquote McVay's a genius. And you got an and Andy Reid disciple with uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, I think outside of the O line and, and, and having Zeke, it's really the only you know the only uh, the only advantages that that Dak has. But as far as a disadvantage for him, I think the Cowboys brand is one, just because he's on the Cowboys and he's on the bigger stage. So everything he does is you know is more scrutiny to it to it versus what golf does. Because I feel like you know golf is having a golf is not having a good season, but it's not a Nobody, nobody really talking about how much money he just got paid and um and and what's really going on. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it's just they just get you know it's kind of shut off to the side. But if this was that and this is the Cowboys, bigger scale, you know, and they they make they're making a bigger fuss. Um, the golf golf disadvantages is kind of like living up to McVay. It's it's kind of like how Jimmy G has a little to Kyle Shanahan, as we say they they won the greats uh, as far as coaching. That those two guys have you know had to step up and Jimmy G this season has has shown that he can he can match Kyle Shanahan while this season golf hasn't obviously last season he did and that's why it was in the Super Bowl now I would say that now that's that's the only reason why I can I can see you you picking golf and or even you pick Wentz over Dak is the winning I guess not the big game but you know putting your team in position to win those type of games because. Yes, Carson Wentz didn't win the Super Bowl, but he's—I mean—I think he's a big part of why they got there. I mean, obviously he got hurt what, like week what, fourteen or something, thirteen, late into the season. He had the MVP in the bag, um, and then he got hurt, and Nick Foles took over in the Super Bowl. But when you think about Carson Wentz, it's like that year was perfect for him, and I think his his disadvantage is trying to re- like live up to that, and I and I, I think that window's closed. Like they're all the players who was on that team getting older, banged up all the time. O'Line always hurt now. Receivers never there. And I, I don't and like you said, injury prone. He's always injury prone and his whole team injury prone. I mean, it's it just it is not a good thing for success. Um but I would take that just because of where you find, where you got his value at. You got him in the fourth round. You didn't have to trade up for him like the Rams and Eagles did. And he's giving you the same type of production. Like they all they all pretty similar. It just, it just, it just, as a GM, who you think can carry you more? Uh, who needs the most to be successful? If you can, if you, if you can answer those two questions, then then you got your answer. Yeah, I'm I'm going with golf for different reasons because I feel like he needs the least amount to win. Because when we can look at Wentz for this season, what's the biggest thing? What all the receivers are hurt and all that kind of stuff. Golf lost Cooper Cup. They kept winning. They had to get Wentz a running game and offensive line, all that kind of stuff. Golf lost Gurley, or Gurley started dealing with, you know, the tenant nitis, and they were running with C.J. Anderson. They still made the Super Bowl. So I just think it's easier to do stuff with golf than it is with Wentz. Then, of course, once you, once you factor in the health and stuff like that, I'm just going to go with golf. And I'll take golf over Dak just for – Almost the same reason. When Zeke was suspended, Dak didn't have his best games. 
Dak didn't fully get to the Dak we're seeing now until he got Cooper. So I think if you had somebody to do more with less or less than they're usually up to par with, if you gave everybody the same thing and something went down, I would still take golf over Dak and Wimpy because when golf has lost one of his preeminent weapons, even though he may not be on par stat-wise as he is, he can still be competent and still can win the games and make do with what he has versus when Dak didn't have Zeke or before he got Cooper, he would have some good games, some okay games, or you really know what you were getting week to week. Or now we're seeing with Wentz, he's always hurt or at least at least banged up. Or then he doesn't have an Alshon Jeffrey. He doesn't have Deshaun Jackson or just – He's missing something. It's like, oh, well, he doesn't have any weapons. When golf lost Cup and Gurley, he still kept pushing. Well, that, but see, th- th- this season, though, Gurley's not doing good and golf's not doing good. So, I mean, I think he's – Yeah, 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 yeah this, this year, golf just been – he's just been bad. Like, this year, he just – him and Wentz both this year just being bad. I'm not sure what's gotten into him. And money. They're just being <laughs> – they're, they're just – yeah, like, like I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, like, golf has – he probably barely getting – a 50% completion percent this year. Like, golf has been terrible this year. Like, he's not making good reads on throws. Like, I think golf is on pace with, you know, right not too far behind, like, Rivers as far as, like, INTs. I think he's, like, 11 and 10, 12 and 10 as far as, like, TDs, the pick ratio. Like, it's almost like a one-to-one ratio. Yeah, and, and even even Monday Night Football, you know, getting getting blown out, only, put, only putting, uh, you know, a little bit of points on the board, it – the Ravens score every single time they touch the ball, and golf and golf throws another pick. You know, it just it just it just what it is. And I th- I mean he he got cut he got he got better receivers. I would say he, I would say he has the wep- more weapons than the other two guys got. I think he has a better coach than the other two guys got. I think he he has he has a better advantage. Um, and really really I'm I'm trying to figure figure out what's more of a disadvantage to him. I I think I think now. Gurley had the knee problems a disadvantage for him because we we're talking about two guys that's supposed to be matched in heaven for the next few years, you know, together and they they would be that, that pairing that you'd be like, Well, who's more who who who's the MVP? Is it gonna be golf or is it gonna be Gurley? And we only got to see that for one time, you know, one one season. And now you no know, now it's back down to earth. Um uh, I've never really been a believer in golf. I I I always felt like Wentz was better than him. Um, uh, but you know, I can't I can't debate either one of them being a better right now than 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 Dak just for this season. But I, I think their their whole careers are gonna be are gonna be matched. I, I think Cowboys will they will extend Dak Prescott. So they all gonna have the same same they're gonna they gonna be in the same situation that they're in. Nothing's gonna change for them. I think, you know, Carson Wentz, whether they get weapons in there or not, um they gotta go back to the drawing board and figure something out. And who knows what what kind of changes Dak has? Like, cause when when Jason Garrett get fired, that means the offensive coordinator gonna change most likely, meaning that he's gonna have to learn a whole new playbook. Will he will he will he rise to the occasion and it don't matter what system I'm in, I can do it. Or does he struggle in that first year? You know, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of different things that uh that that plays a role. And I don't know. I, I feel like you know five ten years down the, down the line. They maybe they still all might be the same, like in the same position. Like as far as like, if you look at stats, they're all gonna be around the same stats. They're all gonna be around the same round of yards, touchdowns, and winning percentage. Like they both are, all three are right now. So it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see. 
Yeah, those are gonna be the QBs of the future. You know, those are all those guys are gonna get locked up for long term deals. Well, in Bat's case, he will be in Wentz and Golf have already been locked up for that deal. So those guys are the future of those franchises. Let's see what uh let's see what they can do. Right, who who wins Super Bowl first? Well, Wentz already has one. Like eh, so that don't count. He, 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 even though he didn't play <laughs> he for it, he still that don't count. He's not a super, he's not he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Who or who will be the first? Uh, I rephrase the question. Who's going to be the first Super Bowl winning quarterback? I don't think any of them would ever get one because the league is changing so much. I don't think. I I just can't see the Cowboys ever getting one because they're going to start to implode within the next year or two because. They can't pay everybody and keep everybody. So I think they're going to change. And I don't think the Eagles, as a team, I just don't think those guys really just like to buy in and follow Wentz. I'm not sure what it is about him, but it doesn't seem like he has that locker room buy-in. And I think Phil is a Tier 3 franchise. So I don't believe in Tier 3 franchises winning Super Bowls. Like they, they stole one. And it'll be a while before they ever get back that far again. And the Rams, they're just going to be stuck, too. They paid everybody, so they have to rebuild their O-line. And they got to get Ramsey his deal. But when you're paying five or six guys, you're limiting what you can do elsewhere. So I think whoever has the cheapest payroll and the best front office will always surpass these teams. So I can't say any of them. Hey, I'm right there, I'm right there with you. Um, it's like uh, the everybody's situation is going to change because – I think the Rams may stay the same as far as quarterback, coach, but the rest of the, the other the other two, who knows? And the roster for the Eagles definitely going to change in, in in the future. Yeah, I can't even see a team because the the league changes so much. Until Tom Brady or Bill Belichick leave, they're going to always be in the running. And then, of course, you know Drew Brees only has a little bit more runway left, so he'll, you know. If I take somebody from the NFC, I'll always just take Rodgers or Breeze because we've seen what they can do under different circumstances. And now they have good coaches. You know, Breeze, they had Sean Payton and Rodgers on the floor. Who knows what they can turn into? So I'll still roll with the old guard before I convert over and say the new guard is going to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I just can't do it. Uh, all right. Well, uh, next next topic. Well, all right. So Brown and Steelers rematch is going to come up this this next week. Um, they're both they're both they're both fighting for the playoffs. Pittsburgh currently the six seed. Browns on the outside looking in as five and six, but you still have like the AFC South in the way. Three teams better than the Browns. You still have you still have uh, who has you got? We got the Bills already pretty much going to lock up a spot. And then, well, I I thought the Raiders were going could take care of business, uh, but it's still better than the Browns right now. Uh, in in this matchup, in this rematch of the brawl, um, do do we believe in Doug Hodges or or the, the Brown go go for the season sweep? I'm taking the Browns. I, I'm not off of that bandwagon yet. And seeing what the Ravens are doing, the division is almost going to be won by default. So I I'll go ahead and add it to one of my. Hey. Misses, about, misses on my hey, hits and column. I, I, I thought they would. I thought they would pull back to like eight and eight, but they've surpassed that, and they're gonna win the division. Uh, so my Steelers winning division pick is already wrong. So, but I'm still gonna stay on that Browns. Uh, I'm riding that that Browns bandwagon until it uh 
<laughs> until they just can't drive anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, you, well, you know, you know me. I've been I've been on the Ravens saying that they were going to win the division by default. Once Big Ben went down, I was pretty much out on Pittsburgh because I didn't I didn't I I would never believe in Mason Rudolph. I definitely didn't believe in Dobbs, even though they traded him away. Uh, but this 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 uh the Doug Hodges fellow man, I mean, he came in. Granted, it's against the Bengals, but he saved he saved them from being the only team maybe to lose to the Bengals that season. So um, they, they did get that win. I, th- I think with him playing, they definitely have a better chance at beating the Browns. Uh, I, I think I still believe in Pittsburgh defense. I think uh, Mason Rudolph – not Mason Rudolph. Baker Mayfield may turn the ball over. He did against the Dolphins. So, so you know, that, that, that feast of famine from last, from last week already stopped a little bit. But um, – can 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 the Browns turn it around? They got two tough games left, and it's only Pittsburgh and Ravens, so they have to go. I feel like they have to beat both of those teams to to, to make it. And um, the the I think I think the, the only the only maybe the only reason why the Browns may make it in is because they get to avoid. <laughs> I, I think Pittsburgh and Ravens played the last week of the season, I believe, um, which mean which means that which means that they're fighting. The Ravens are fighting for the one seed to get, you know, for home. So they can beat Pittsburgh and maybe that's be enough to get Cleveland in there. But when the Bills are maybe already take one spot away and then you have the AFC South, um, I, I think, I, I don't think neither one of these teams make it. Yeah, I think the Browns can, they got, they got to get to 10 and 6, though. Without being 10 and 6, the Browns won't get in. I'm, I love Mike Tomlin and he's done a phenomenal job. He's, even if they go eight and eight, he should still get coach of the year votes just because what he's had to work with. You've lost so much. James Connors banged up, probably won't even come back because he had some ligament damage. And you lost AB, Bell, Juju's banged up. You lost Pounce to suspension. Like he's just dealt with so much this year. Whatever, if they finish 500 or above, Mike Tomlin should get coach of the year votes. I'm not saying he'll win it because Kyle Shanahan, John Harbaugh, Belichick, other guys are just going to get more nods. But eight and eight or above, Thomas should get some votes. But I'm going with I'm riding that Browns bandwagon until it until it can't ride anymore. Yeah, I I just I just don't I just think about another default situation where if we both believe in Tennessee. And we know that we know that at worst Texas is going to be nine and seven. Uh, you know, Bill O'Brien, that's that's his, that's his favorite number. At worst, he be nine and seven, and then Lawrence, <laughs> right? And the Bills, can, Bills probably gonna get ten. You know, it just, it just it just where where you going where you going to fit in at? Um, you know, where I, I'm right there with you with Tomlin about being coach of the year candidate. He he definitely deserves some votes in in that situation. Um, but I, I just feel like both teams dug themselves in too, too much of a hole. And, and the thing about it is, the AFC not even that hard as it is the NFC because this was NFC, like they be they be showing these graphics about teams in the hunt in the NFC, like you know Bears five and six. Like we know that they're not going to make the playoffs. I just you know, but the Browns have Browns have a good shot. I mean, outside of Pittsburgh and Baltimore, it's it's not a, it's not a hard it's not a hard task. I mean, maybe going to Arizona could be could be a hard game. I don't know because Kyler Murray seems like that's the only team that the Forty Nineers may may lose to, uh, that that you know that can lose to. So I don't know, man. I think I think that's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a different outcome, be, uh, in my opinion. I just think 
the better quarterback is playing. I've been saying that for the last two weeks that Hodges should be in the game. So that makes it off. They finally realized it. Um, so I'm I'm leaning on that one. Uh, also, man, the Ravens, the Ravens took took the Rams behind the shed, and they uh <laughs> took their soul uh, a shellacking. That another another primetime game that we didn't expect to be a blowout. You know, I, I don't know. And, and think about it; it's not even scheduling. It's like the NFL is putting these primetime games on for everybody to watch. Good teams with good records, and we're not getting what we what we came for. It's it's terrible, man. Thursday night games, Monday night games, the Sunday night games—they've all been terrible for the most part. I'm not sure, you know, what it is. Like teams, just it's not injury. <laughs> So it's not like okay, well these these teams are injured, so that's just how it goes. These are supposedly marquee matchups, and you have teams just getting dismantled. I mean, Rams, Ravens. Let's just be real about it. It was over at halftime. It was really over at halftime. Yep. So, and a lot of games have been like that. They've been pretty much over at halftime in the the marquee the marquee spots. I'm about to say the the only the only two slates of games I remember both being good is. Is uh, week ten, Vikings and Cowboys, and then Seattle and Fort Niners. Outside of the, you know, outside of you know, as as a pairing, well, I don't know if we ever seen one, but maybe we'll maybe we'll get it next. Maybe we'll get it next week. Maybe week after. I don't know. It's 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 all it's always it's always something. And like you said, injuries injuries do be playing a big part of it. Uh, but shout out the twelve ounce sports for getting this opportunity again. Uh, you know, we'll be back Thursday, Thursday live. At 7 p.m. on Thanksgiving. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here, man? Uh, we had a good fight of the weekend, man. Deontay Wilder with the seventh round KO. That was oh yeah, a, that was wild. That was a hell of a that was a, that was a hell of a uh, knockout punch, man. That dude has some of the best power I've ever seen. Oh yeah, that's you know, it, I I love that we're gonna have the the the, the like kind of an NBA NFL debate in boxing where, man, who will win between. Wilder and Tyson, prime for prime, blah blah, and that, and you know those type of those type of things you need in your sport. Like you, you need to want to compare greats versus greats. And Wilder is well on his way to being one of the greats. So, um, uh, in in boxing, so that's a uh, his, his knock. His, his knockout was wild. Like you saw all the guys sweat just come out of nowhere. Oh yeah, or yeah, Ortiz. He, he was, was good though. He was up, pretty good. Yeah, he's he's putting up a good fight. I, I had him ahead on the cards until the KO. So. If he could have stayed upright, you know, and kept on jabbing and plugging away, he would have got the decision if he'd have kept doing what he was doing. But Wilder was just setting him up for the for the knockout punch. And shout out to Melo too, man. He's uh number eighteen on the scoring list now. Hey, okay. He he found his rhythm, man. He found his rhythm. Free Melo. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he's on the Blazers, but I still think it's a a season or two too late. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so we'll, we'll be back Thursday, man. Thanksgiving, we'll, we'll see you then. Preach, care, preach, we'll shout. We out. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. 
That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030.